Now hear the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Mark. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when he went, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages to buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. And then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, Jesus looked up to heaven and said a blessing. And he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And then they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. You know, if you want an example of how the liturgy impacts the way that we read, as we were reading the first lesson from Isaiah, and we came to the part where it says, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, Morgan looks at me and smiles. This is one of the opening sentences from morning prayer. And it's become ingrained in us to such a degree that we recognize it. We recognize that truth in scripture and in life. But now, as we dive today into our gospel reading, we'll first situate this miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 within Mark's gospel. Then we'll look at the invitations of Jesus. The invitation to encounter, the invitation to compassion, and the invitation to develop a kingdom imagination. Then we'll close with a look at how this passage invites us to see the sacred and the mundane as we come to this table and are sent out into our daily lives. So first, let's look at where we are in Mark's account of the good news of Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. As you recall, we can look at the structure of Mark's gospel as the revelation of Jesus to his disciples, first as teacher, then prophet, and then as Messiah. 
And then we move to the revelation of Jesus as the Son of Man, the Son of David, and finally as the Son of God. Our passage today is at the core of the revelation of Jesus as prophet. And so we need to look as we read this passage back with our eyes turned to the great prophets. And as we do, we'll see echoes of Moses and Elijah and Elisha and Ezekiel. Let's also place this passage within the narrative we've been reading this past couple of weeks. Last week, we heard about Jesus sending out the twelve with his authority to proclaim the kingdom of God, to cast out demons, and to heal those who were sick. And after this, Mark reports the death of John the Baptist during a grand banquet thrown by King Herod. And now we come to our passage listening for the invitations of Jesus to encounter, to compassion, and to a kingdom imagination. The apostles, the ones who Jesus had called to himself that they might be with him, that they might be sent out to proclaim the message of the kingdom, to demonstrate the authority of the kingdom. These 12 that Jesus had sent out in pairs on this mission, they returned to tell Jesus about all that they had done and all that they had taught. They are riding the adrenaline rush of ministry. The response has been tremendous. So many people are coming to them for teaching and healing. They don't even have time to eat. The gospel has gone viral and they are the influencers. But Jesus knew the fragility of this appearance of success. And we should as well if we can cut through the hype. We've just heard about John the Baptist going from rock star in the Jordan to prisoner to beheaded. And if we take our eyes and look back on the prophets of old, we might remember Elijah going in a day from the high point of calling down fire from heaven to consume the sacrifice, to defeat the prophets of Baal, to sitting under a broom tree in the desert hoping to die. So Jesus invites them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. Jesus invites them to encounter. Jesus calls them to step back from the busyness and rush of their ministry and come to the desolate place, to the wilderness, to the place of encounter, the same wilderness where Moses encounters God in the burning bush, the same wilderness where Elijah, carried on and sustained by food from angels, goes to the mountain of God and encounters God in the still, small voice. The apostles have been working in the power of God, and now Jesus invites them to come and be renewed in the presence of Jesus invites them to encounter, and Jesus invites us to encounter. But these plans for retreat are overcome by the demands of ministry as the crowds run along the shore following the boat. And they overwhelm Jesus and the twelve as soon as the boat comes ashore. Jesus looks out on this crowd and sees sheep without a shepherd. With our eyes on the prophets of old, we recognize this as a condemnation of the leaders of the people, both political and religious. 
They have departed from the way of Moses and Joshua. They have followed the false prophets and disregarded the true prophets who spoke truth against the lies that they desired. These leaders have indeed, like the words of Ezekiel, fattened themselves instead of feeding the sheep. They have not strengthened the weak. They have not healed the sick or tended the wounded. They have not sought after the lost. Instead, they have ruled with harshness and oppression. As we compare this with the previous account, the banquet of Herod, the imposter king, holding a grand banquet in his grand palace and beheading the prophet John the Baptist, we hear a condemnation of the political leadership of first century Judea and Galilee. And as we look forward just a bit in Mark's narrative, we can hear echoes of the same condemnation as Jesus describes the scribes and the Pharisees as making void the word of God through their traditions. How will Jesus respond to these wayward sheep? Will he respond in the frustration and despair of Elijah? I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant. They've thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left. No. Instead, we hear Jesus had compassion on them. Compassion literally suffering with. Come with passion, suffering, suffering with. Jesus entered into their suffering, into their lostness, and began to lead them out as he taught them many things. Jesus invites us into compassion. Jesus invites us to run to him in our own lostness, in our own suffering. Jesus invites us to seek refuge in his compassion. It's interesting. We like to hide our suffering. We like to put it in a little box and pretend it isn't there. But when we encounter Jesus, he invites us into his compassion, for he is already suffering with us even when we deny our suffering. So when we come to the place of encounter, when we come to this place of encounter, we let Jesus enter into our suffering. We acknowledge suffering that we may not know is even there. It becomes a deep place of healing. Jesus also invites us to extend his compassion, to recognize the hurt and the suffering and the oppression and the deception out of which people act when the cultural, political, and religious leadership feed themselves in the neglect and abuse the sheep. Jesus invites us to enter into this suffering and bring love and truth and healing. This seems like an impossible task. And this is the point where I wish we had a transcript of exactly what Jesus was saying so we could take it and we could use that. But Mark doesn't give us that. Instead, Mark sets the bar even higher on the impossibility scale. For the disciples look about, they see that it's late and there's no food around. And they come to Jesus and beg him to send the crowd away that they can go into the towns and villages around and buy food for themselves. And Jesus responds with this challenge. You feed them. 
you give them something to eat. These 12 who have been riding the rush of ministry success, proclaiming the kingdom, casting out demons, healing the sick, perhaps even raising the dead, are stumped by the mundane task of giving bread to people. A thing that they do daily in their households. They give bread to the people around the table. The mundane task stumps them simply in its magnitude. They're trying to apply an earthly logistic to a kingdom problem. Their imagination is still too small. They can't see the kingdom breaking out among them, even in the mundane tasks. They try to apply this earthly solution to an earthly problem, and they answer, how can we buy this much bread? Are we going to spend two-thirds of a year's wages on bread just for one meal for these people? Michael Card reflects on this passage. Jesus' call is always precisely to the level of our inadequacy. Hear that again. Jesus' call is always precisely to the level of our inadequacy. Jesus calls us to go just beyond where we're comfortable so that it's no longer us doing ministry. It is Jesus doing ministry through us. The inadequacy of the twelve is an inadequacy of imagination. Jesus invites them to a kingdom imagination. He asks them, what do you have? Go and see. And they bring him the five loaves and two fish, presumably what they had brought to feed themselves on this journey to a desolate place. They take what they have and they give it to Jesus. Jesus tells the crowd to sit down, and the words he uses are words that reflect a feast or a banquet. Go and sit down in your dinner parties, at your lofty tables. Come to the gala on the hillside. And then Jesus does the miraculously mundane thing of offering a blessing over that which is present. Perhaps he even recited the traditional dinner blessing Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, ruler of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. Then Jesus takes what is before him. He breaks the bread, and he gives it out to be served. In contrast to the opulent banquet of Herod at the Grand Palace, where those gathered ate and would never be satisfied, those who gathered on a grassy hillside for a feast of simple bread and fish, the food of laborers, not kings. These are the ones who ate and were satisfied. As for those who gave up the food they had brought for themselves, they went about the crowd and they gathered up 12 lunch boxes full of bread and fish. This is the essence of a kingdom imagination. When we no longer consider what we have to be our own, when we no longer give only out of our excess, 
When we give all that we have to God, we receive all that we need. So when we look around and we see the utter hopelessness of the problems of poverty, division, deception, idolatry, lawlessness, hatred, and malice that permeate the world around us, it is tempting to let our own imaginations be limited by our earthly resources. But Jesus, Jesus invites us to a kingdom of imagination. He challenges us still. You feed them. You give them something to eat. And then he reassures us that as we bring the meager and mundane things that we have to him to be taken, blessed, broken, and given, that it will be enough not only for those around us, but for us. And then he wonders where the last page <laughs> of the notes are. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 